the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to The Firing Line. The Firing Line radio show is brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside, the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range, CCW Safe, Mop and Financial Advisors, Cutting Edge Bullets for when you care enough to send the very best, Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino, and Vortex Optics. Vortex, the force of optics. And now your host, Philip Naiman. Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. Hello, folks. Welcome to another edition of Firing Line Radio Show. This is Philip Naiman, your happy host here. And as always, and I mean that, as always, I have fantastic guests today. Well, two out of three are fantastic guests. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. Folks, I have... <laughs> I didn't say it was you, Gabe. Hey, I already know where you're going with that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have I have Gabe uh, Seguro here. He's he, AM590 Sports Talk, right? Right. Uh, Sports AM, Corner. Let's get, let's get it right. I asked Saturday, you. 6.30. There you go. Okay. Let me just let, turn this over to you. Go ahead, Gabe. <laughs> That's it. Saturday, Saturday 6.30. 630 <laughs> AM590 Sports Corner. Yes. Gabe Seguro. And uh, he's an excellent guy. He's been here five years. How long have you had your show? Five now? years. And I'm also the producer of the Jen and Don Show. Let's not forget that. And Pro- the Sign Out Show. Producer of the of the Let's Sign Out Show, which has caused you to gain about fifteen pounds, roughly per roughly, year, which is a rough gig. It, it is, it is. Can't complain. <laughs> also, also the producer of the Jen and Don Show, which is heard in the mornings and uh, and in the evenings, Monday through Friday, six to seven, and then the replay five a.m. to six a.m. here on AM five ninety. Great people, Don Dix, Jennifer Horn, some right. of my favorite personalities. Oh, yeah. Jennifer Horn, my favorite morning personality. <laughs> I see where you're going with that one, <laughs> and we'll leave it there. <laughs> we'll just leave it there. And joining me here also, uh, you might remember him from the Dodgers, is Kevin Gross. Kevin Gross pitched um, some fantastic games, including a no-hitter against the infamous San Francisco losers. What are those? The midgets? What are they? <laughs> the giants. <laughs> oh, oh, Giants. I don't know. The small That's what ones. they call themselves. Yeah, yes. quite a rival. The Nets. The Nets. Very good. <laughs> and that other voice you heard here is Tony, Tony, excuse me, Bogatic. Bogatic. Yeah. Bogatic. Tony Bogatic. Uh, he's with West Coast Multimedia. Yeah. And Tony, your West Coast Multimedia is? We're a video production company. We do all kinds of multimedia from uh, design, animation, video production, uh, you know, anything that uh, you need for broadcast or anything like that. We're involved in that. And so one of the, th- the reasons you were here is you were actually the producer for Kevin Gross on the Hunting with the Pro Show, found on Outdoor Channel and Sportsman's Channel for a few years, right? Yep. Exactly. Back in uh, 2003, we started and uh, had a good run, about seven years, and then decided to move on. Now, you know, we talked about this a little bit off the air, but just to bring everybody up to speed, what's it like producing a hunting show? I mean, go into, okay, hey, let's let's do this on television. But there has to be so much background logistics, setting everything up years in advance almost in some cases, right? Yeah, you know, I uh, got into it. Uh, I've always hunted since I was a little boy with my dad and all them. And where'd you grow up? In Southern California. Okay. And uh, and it's kind of rare, I guess. But a lot of people are like, "Oh man, you're from California and you hunt like that." But uh, I've been all over the country and been blessed to be able to go and do some fun hunting. And 
one day I just decided we start filming, you know, for fun, and then you play it back, and you go, oh, how, how cool that was. And then you start watching the hunting shows, you get involved in that, and like, man, I wonder how you do that. So then we started talking to people and networking, and uh, you basically found out we had to go out and film for a year. So you have to kind of fund yourself to get going unless you get your sponsors early. But then produce a, a show and, and, and then uh, show that to some – people and the networks and some sponsorships and then go to the shot show and go and promote yourself and your show and uh, that's what you know tony jumped in and started helping me do all that and our cameraman andrew and uh we just got it going we kind of winged it and started putting putting together some real good hunts and got some real quality footage and we learned a lot we made a lot of mistakes but uh after a year or so we kind of figured it out and we won a couple of awards with best big game episodes of the year, so we were really blessed with that. It was pretty fun. How many episodes a year? We did twenty six shows a year. Yeah, and, and ran each show them. was a hunt. Yes, full hunt. Yeah, and I was gone more than I was when I played baseball. So <laughs> that that also you know got kind of hectic and uh, uh, being away from home again that much and stuff. But uh, so. But it was, it was, we had a blast, and it was really fun to put the shows together, sit down with Tony and, you know, put all that collective footage together and try to put together a 22-minute show. is very difficult when you have It's a lot harder footage. than you think when you have, you know, 15 hours of footage, you know, and all of it's really good stuff, and you have to cut it down to 22 minutes, you know. No, I was thinking yeah. I would, if you did one of mine, it'd be like a 15 minutes worth of footage. How do I get 22 out of it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Slow motion. Slow motion. <laughs> a lot of slow motion. <laughs> Replays. Yeah. As I said before, let's watch mm-hmm. this clip again. Yeah. <laughs> No, it's, it's interesting, though, because that means, you know, during the fall, your our hunting season in Alaska starts late late July, right? Yeah. Uh, pretty much ends in January. So you only have 26 weekends of hunting mm-hmm. in an entire year, unless you're going to add in some pigs or something like that uh, uh, or go overseas. Um, so you were gone. That, you had to be gone that entire time. Almost to get 100 a hunt and... Can. 100 plus days a year sometimes i mean we'd come home at midnight on a late flight and turn around the next morning and leave at six so um a lot of expenses did it take the joy out of it that kind of a schedule um after the I, fifth six years i'm very 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 excited to go on each hunt you mm-hmm. know going and coming and going and coming um that's not a problem i think it's more stressful not being home you know you got i have kids and the wife and trying to he means this in a good way yeah <laughs> i mean it yeah you know my wife is really good about it all and and she went on a couple hunts but um you know in order to put 26 shows together you have to throw in a couple waterfowl hunts you got to throw in a couple turkey hunts you got to put in a pig right. hunt you got to go to africa maybe produce four or five six shows yeah oh darn yeah <laughs> you know and uh you try to get a couple sponsors to go with you so then they you know they add in some hunting and and mix it up and we tried to have some celebrities uh you know i had toby keith on a few hunts i had uh some baseball players a good friend of mine lance David Parrish. Wells. okay so without without telling the celebrity's name what's the best hunting story you have hunting with a celebrity oh gosh um the best hunting story i have one that's gonna just like kill us right here well it's kind of it'd be, it'd be long and drug out but i could probably share it with you a quick funny story was i was playing for the montreal expos and uh, we were playing the dodgers and one of our pitchers pascal perez back then threw a high fastball and hit mike sosha in the helmet we actually cracked the helmet Sosha charges the mound and uh <laughs> this is a funny story i guess but so you were in the dugout i'm in that. montreal but but in the uh, I'm I'm in the dugout bull, bullpen. No, I'm in the dugout. I'm okay, starting okay. pitcher, so I was just hanging in the dugout. And anyway, so bench is clear. 
little bit of fighting, brawling, pushing, shoving, and here comes Kirk Gibson around the corner trying to get to Pascual Perez, and I, I kind of blindsided him and slammed him to the ground, tackled him, and pinned him down, and everybody was like, holy cow, what's going on over there? So anyways, we both get thrown out of the game, and uh, I didn't really know Kirk that well just playing against him, but one of my best friends in, in baseball – and uh, a longtime guy we, that I hunt together with, Lance Parrish, played with Kirk over the years in Detroit and this. And so that fall, we were going to New Mexico elk hunting. And um, so happens. Well, the good thing is you played for the Expo, so you were never busy in the fall. Yes, at that time. <laughs> <laughs> at that time. Actually, we were a pretty good team that year. But anyways, <laughs> we uh, had planned our usual elk hunt in New Mexico. We hunt on Cimarron Ranch with a buddy over there, Randy That's an Davis. awesome ranch. Yeah, and, and back in the day, it was just we had a really good time. And tons of baseball players went there. Actually, the father, uh, Mr. Davis, had a lineup card in the, in the cabin and started filling it with every position player that came and hunted with us. So we'd always take a few guys, you know. And uh, anyway, so that fall, we we start to go on our hunt and planning it. And, of course, Lance invites Kurt Gibson, the guy that I just slammed on the ground in front of. Same year? Yeah, okay. that that fall, you know. So I had a little brawl with this guy. And uh, and uh, so he's sitting behind me in the in the airplane, and he's kicking my chair. And he's like, hey, I should have kicked your butt, you know. He was, <laughs> he was a little more verbal than that. But, yeah. you know, he's messing with me anyway, so. That was our fun story, and he shot a heck of a buck or a bull bull elk, and um, we had a good time in camp. Everything was cool, and we had our fun and stuff, and uh, and we actually became friends after that. So I guess I gained some respect for him after throwing him on the ground. <laughs> it's funny how that works. Tell <laughs> men say hi. Yeah. <laughs> Dogs have their have their uh, their way. I hope he doesn't listen way. to this, but. Anyways. <laughs> well, actually, he's coming on next week to tell his side of the story. Oh, okay. Well, he's going to be telling it from looking up at me. <laughs> he's ver- he was vertically challenged in this uh, escapade. So, so the, your show was aired on the Outdoor Channel, Sportsman's Channel, um, for seven years. And what, well, we're going to come back from this next break here. I want to find out what was your favorite episode that you did. So I know okay. you've got a lot of experience. You've hunted Alaska. You've hunted... Africa, Mexico. We were talking about that off the air. Mm-hmm. Have a few things in common with that, and let's just go into how you how you got into hunting, uh, especially here in Southern California. Okay, which is we're the two weirdos because I grew up out here too, right? Yeah, like, for sure. That, that somebody told me there was another guy like that. There he finally is. Finally met him. Yeah. yeah. So we're the two. <laughs> no, um, there's other guys out there, but this is this is a strange place to grow up and have a passion for hunting. Uh, you really have to work at it, especially if you hunt these local mountains. You know, hats off to the guys that are up there slaving away this weekend uh, in D14 and D11 <laughs> in 108-degree weather or whatever it's going to be. Well, at least know. we got some good weather right now. Right now. But, yeah. but you know, usually opening days when the Santa Anas come to sure. say hello. So that's that's hunting in Southern California. Folks, Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show. We'll be right back after this. A message from Vince, the owner of Bullseye Sport Guns and Ammo in Riverside. If you're a first-time gun owner or thinking about purchasing your first firearm, whether for hunting, home defense, or recreational shooting, it is important to take the next step and become a responsible gun owner. We highly recommend that you attend a certified firearm safety and training class, one that will teach you the basic knowledge, skills, and attitude essentials to the safe and efficient use of your firearm. As a law-abiding citizen, you have the right to self-defense, and with that right comes an obligation to educate yourself on the laws and safety procedures needed to use a firearm properly. 
For information about certified firearm training classes, call Bullseye Sport in Riverside at 951-823-0211 or check out their schedule of classes at bullseyesport.com. Because of Bullseye Sport Guns and Ammo, we believe in safety first. 951-823-0211. Pull! Whether you're a gold medalist or new to the sport of shooting, you'll love Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino, where Olympians shoot. Prado's shotgun facility is world-class, offering trap, skeet, and five-stand. And the pistol and rifle ranges are safe and enjoyable shooting environments with professionals there to answer all your questions. Are you an experienced pistol shooter with an itch to take your skills to the next level? Discover the sport of practical shooting at one of the monthly events. Prado hosts ISPC shooting events open to the public every first and third Sunday with Prado Running Gun Club, blending accuracy, power, and speed with challenging multiple moving targets, penalty targets, and obstacles. Prado Olympic Shooting Park is a great place to teach your whole family about the safe and effective use of firearms. Bring the whole family for an exciting day at the shooting range. Call Prado Olympic Shooting Park at 909-597-4518. Online at shootprado.com. 909-597-4518. AM 590. The answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside and Cutting Edge Bullets for when you care enough to send the very best. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my boomstick. That's right, folks. Every week on the Firing Line Radio Show, our conversation is going to revolve around firearms, hunting, gun rights, sometimes baseball, and everything afforded to all Americans under the Second Amendment of the Constitution. Hey, folks. During the month of October, our sponsor, Bullseye Sports Guns and Ammo in Riverside, is changing Glocktober to Guntober. After all, why limit yourself to just Glocks? And right now at Bullseye Sports, all firearms are on sale, including shotguns, rifles, pistols, and revolvers. Makes all models in store, and even those not in stock are on sale during October. It's Guntober of Bullseye Sports Guns and Ammo in Riverside. See the website ads for details on specific firearms deals at bullseyesports.com. Call or stop by the store to find out about special offers and in-store giveaways. Check out their money-saving in-store deals on ammo, tactical supplies, reloading accessories, and all the best everyday prices. All firearms are on sale during Guntober at Bullseye Sports Guns and Ammo. I'm Brockton between Arlington and Central and Riverside, 951-823-0211 Bullseye Sport. With the Inland Empire gets their guns and ammo. Or uh, tap the AM590 mobile app. 951-823-0211. Thank you, Vince, for your sponsorship. The five years plus been the uh, sponsor on the show. Good good man. Yeah, that's why he's still in business. <laughs> right. Because he's sponsored on the show. That's, <laughs> that's it. Ask me, I'll tell you. Okay. Folks, you just heard Gabe Segura. Gabe Segura from the AM590 Sports Corner. Saturdays. Yes. 6.30. 6.30 p.m. You're learning. <laughs> I've been doing this show for like three years. Let me write that down. Yeah, please. Saturday, Finally. Saturday, <laughs> 6 30. Hey, uh, and Gabe's on the show here. Gabe, you don't really hunt, but uh, you had a great connection that you brought in to the show, which is Kevin Gross. Yeah, well, I, I do side work with Tony from West Coast Multimedia as well, which is where my connection is. So some of the things that he brought up, I helped him. Uh, I, I've been doing some of that work with him as well. And we did a, uh, an event a couple of weeks ago at uh, San Marino. San Marino High School. The uh, Danny's, Danny's, farm. Danny's yeah. farm. And that's where the connection came where I met uh, Kevin Gross for the what first time. What was Danny's farm? Uh, can you elaborate a little bit yeah, on that? Danny's farm is, uh, Danny is actually a son of a uh, former pitcher and team, uh, teammate of Kevin, uh, Jim Gott. 
uh, his son has autism, and um, they have a foundation that raises money for for autism to help uh, young adults uh, with uh, job placement and things like that, so they can help them, uh, you know, blend in and, and uh, be part of the community. You have a website for that? Uh, Danny'sFarm.org is their website. Yeah, so we uh, we put together the promo video for that, which is going to be going up later today. And um, I think the video is already up. You can check out the uh, uh, our social media, westcoastmultimedia.com or at West Coast Multimedia on Instagram and also on Facebook. Very good. I'll have to uh, yeah check it out. Those. Yeah. So I think I think and Jim's wife Kathy is have and Kathy got is really the one who uh, spearheads the whole thing. She organizes everything, brings it in. They had uh, how many how many of you guys were out there this year? Six Dodgers. Uh, Tommy Davis, Daryl Thomas, uh, Oral Hershiser was there. Kevin. Yeah. Um, who else was there? Matt, Luke, and uh, yeah. and Jim. So it was a really great experience. They go around. They they show the young kids how to to swing a bat, and uh, it's it's a cool, really oh, cool awesome. Thing. Yeah. What's the website again? Let's give them another plug. Uh, Danny'sFarm.org is their website. Very good. I'm writing this down. You should too, folks. Danny'sFarm.org. <laughs> it's a great it's a great <laughs> cause, great organization. Yeah. Hey, so joining me also with Kevin Gross coming back here, uh, his show, Hunting with the Pros. This is a guy who grew up in Southern California, playing ball, busy, family. How did you get into hunting, and especially here in this crazy Southern California area? Boy, I, I think it was just my dad and my uncle hunted all the time and took me out there and threw me in the back of the truck or whatever. Family. And, yeah, family. And, and uh, they were big varmint hunting guys when, back in the day when they had the varmint calling and they could go hunt at night and they had clubs and they'd go out and, you know, shoot 20 coyotes and a couple of bobcats. Yeah, those were the days. Yeah. Was, hey, PETA, 20 bobcats a night, <laughs> 20 coyotes every morning before breakfast. You know, but, uh, you know, I remember the days where they had the truck with the platform and the varma calling and I'd be out there and watching and looking for the eyes and the next thing you know, I'm asleep, you know. But uh, I think that's where no, it started. the next thing you know. Kevin wakes up. He's in the middle of the desert. Yep. They're using him as bait. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's pretty funny. I I lose my way around L.A., but I can go out in the middle of the desert and know exactly where I am. Yeah. So my wife always struggles with that. It's kind of funny. But and then we started hunting waterfowl when I was young. Uh, not I really got into waterfowl and started hunting all the West Worcester down the Salton mm-hmm. Sea and Mendota, and then going up to Klamath Falls, Tule Lake, and. Uh, I actually started a hunting club up there for waterfowl back in the early or mid '80s for about 11 years. Had a place called West White Lake Duck Club, and we had hunting shows come in, Primos and Suzuki Great Outdoors. I hunted with Larry Zonka and Will Clark. They came and did shows there. We had a phenomenal place for 11 years, and and uh, then uh, and I was I was picking away a big game back then too. But then I really got into big game probably late in, in the early '90s. And then uh, when I retired, then I got into the hunting show. So it was a blast. I've been blessed to be able to do some real fun hunts and, you know, kind of go on my own program. Hey, well, let's take us uh, over the seas. All right. There's a very special episode that happened you were involved with in Africa. It has to do with some spotted, uh, some spotted <laughs> feline. Yeah, crazy hunt. Crazy hunt. Give us a rundown on this. Well, real, real quick, kind of brief, it's a long story, but we went to Africa. I went with my uh, one of my great sponsors, which was Canon Safe at the time when I had the hunt show, uh, Aaron Baker and uh, Mike Baker, and and we went over there to do a, a, a bunch of shows. We were planning on maybe putting together four or five shows, and uh, they were going to hunt a bunch of animals. I was going to hunt some certain animals, and anyways, Mike Baker wounded a leopard the night before out of a blind, and uh, the next morning the great adventure to go try to find the thing you know so we got four guys with a gun two cameramen a tracker 
So me and Aaron Baker, the brother, we stayed at the Jeep and they walked into the brush where they wounded this leopard and we heard a growl and we heard some shots. We're like, oh my gosh, you know, and and then nothing for a while. And we're thinking, man, they got him, you know, and then all of a sudden we heard the leopard growl again and more shots and then screaming, bloody murder screaming. Mm Mm-hmm. So we rushed in there, and, and the leopard had actually charged, and uh, they missed him. Well, actually wounded him a little more, and he jumped around and jumped right on top of one of our guides and just chewed him up really bad. Now, a leopard, for those of you who don't know, is like a flying chainsaw on a bungee cord. Exactly. Um, <laughs> That's a good analogy. You, you can't – I mean, they move so fast, and especially – I mean, I've, I've not hunted Africa, but from what I've seen, they charge from so close – that it's less than a second reaction time before he's on you. Because right. he's going to wait. He knows it's his last chance. And he's really, really happy with the situation. Um, <laughs> well, imagine low. imagine when you play with your cat and you get little scratches and bites and you can't get them off your hand. I mean, yeah. it's like 100, imagine, t- 100 times that. Yeah, well, not 100 times, but 180 pounds of that. Yeah. And he's exactly. low and he's in the brush and you can't see him until the last second. Yeah, yeah they flatten out. They but, flatten out. Right. And... Um, it was quite an adventure to see that, but it was. We had two cameras on it and caught it all. Caught it all on video, which was good and bad. Which was nice because they could have shot the charging leopard, but that would have been bad TV. They Let him chew the guy a while, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> Don't shoot him yet. Let's, how much more B-roll do we need, Tony? A little bit more. A little bit more. <laughs> now, get him. Now. Yeah, we're good. So we had a lot of footage to work with, and then that's where Tony comes in again, and you know, we just put it together, and we submitted that for Best Big Game Episode of the Year. It's yeah. kind of like an award show for the for the um, Sportsman Channel, and that was voted on by the public, and we put it out there, and we ended up winning that year. Um, so if you want to see this clip, you can find it at? You can find it on YouTube. On YouTube, yeah. Under... Just uh, if you're screaming with guy, the pros, leopard, leopard attack, yeah, <laughs> screaming guide. <laughs> yeah, so it's so, out there. So one of the PHs I was following um, read a couple of his books. His biggest fear was a wounded leopard. Mm. Yeah. Um, now lions are bad too, and I know you've hunted lions, but he actually had a kit he would wear. He had like a heavy leather jacket. Oh my goodness, funny. And then he had a collar piece that came up around his neck. Oh. Sure. And he had a football helmet on with a, a front cage. Wow. And then he had a side-by-side shotgun because he would have to go in there. Basically, he would leave the client in the car and he'd go in there and deal with it because the last thing he wanted to do was get shot by him too. But apparently that was – that was he had so much fear or respect of the leopards, you know, in 110-degree heat. He's Little donning both. all that equipment just to yeah. not get – The difference um, between the leopard and the lion is that gear would not help him on a lion. That's it. I mean, a leopard. A leopard is like a cat. They're they get annoyed. They'll attack you, scratch you, bite you, but they want to get away. A lion, when he comes, is going to kill you. <laughs> exactly right. He is going to kill you. He's not coming in to bite you. He's not going to come in and claw you. So it's a very dangerous animal to hunt. And and he's four times <clears throat> the size of a leopard. Oh, it's it's a magnificent animal. And I I would probably never do it again. And I know I think they've got a moratorium on hunting them now or something, but. Um, it was a it was a quest to go hunt a lion, and I did it with a bow and arrow, and I don't have to do it again. I was just a magnificent animal. I don't need to kill another one. You know, it's interesting because I think people don't understand that hunters have a, such a respect for the animals that we hunt. Sure. Um, yours was a lion. One that hit me like that was a giant pronghorn I got. Mm. You know, he just he was a magnificent animal, and you know, got him to the skidding shed and taking care of everything. And it's like he was a big animal. Sure. But you get like sixty five pounds of meat. <laughs> You know, because they're all they're all running capacity in lungs. Right. And I thought, you know what? That's uh, he's beautiful. I'm going to keep him. But same thing, 
you know you just at one point you say you know that's that's just awesome i can Mm -hmm. i can go from here yeah, I had the same experience with a, with a stone cheap. You know, I went on a stone cheap hunt. And I got a really killer deal. When uh, I was doing wait, wait, my wait. Show. We're going to hold on stone cheap after this. <laughs> yeah, a really killer. Um, you're kind of underestimating. I saw a small photograph of this thing in the corner of his trophy room. Huh. First thing that caught my eye, you got, what, 100 animals in there? First thing that caught my eye was that stone sheep. We can talk about it when we come back here. You got that up in Yukon? Yes. Okay. So we're talking about Alaska and hunting up there, and maybe even a few bears happened up that way. Yeah. Oh, I haven't been very lucky with bears for Could have happened. Okay, folks, Firing Line Radio Show. Check us out at firinglineradio.com. Are you an expert marksman looking for a clean, safe place to shoot? Or maybe you've never shot a gun but want to learn. Well, the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range is the best place to work on your shooting skills, no matter what your experience level is. With 21,000 square feet of indoor range space, 35 shooting lanes, and an electronic target retrieval system, it means no line breaks and more trigger time. The friendly people at Riverside Indoor Shooting Range can answer all your questions about firearms training, self-defense training, firearm rentals, gunsmithing, archery, and and more. And for the ladies, the Riverside chapter of the Well-Armed Woman meets there the second Tuesday of each month for women of all experience levels. Looking for a great holiday gift for the shooting enthusiast in your life? During the month of December, get 10% off a full year's membership or 10% off any gift certificate of $40 or more. Riverside Indoor Shooting Range. For directions and info, log on to RiversideIndoorShootingRange.com. That's RiversideIndoorShootingRange.com. AM 590, the answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range and CCW Safe. Spartans, lay down your weapons! Persians, come and get them! Hey folks, Philip Damon. Check us out at FiringLineRadio.com, excuse me, FiringLineRadio.com, or on Facebook at FiringLineRadioShow. Also, we're on Instagram, Twitter, we're all over the place, yeah. Uh, that voice there, there was the infamous. Oh, yeah. The one, the Very old, infamous. Gabe Seguro, AM590 Sports Okay, you pronounced my last name correctly, like segment two, but then segment one, you messed up, and now you're back at it again. It's okay. Gabe. Segura. Gabe the whiner. Over here on the right hand side. <laughs> That'll cover it. AM590 yeah, Sports Quarter. Uh, and he brought in a special guest, Kevin Gross and Tony Bogatacek. Bogacic, close enough. Bogacic, I, I don't do it anymore. I just Tony, say Tony B. Tony doesn't complain when I, I just call him. Back home. I call him because he's used. I call to him it. Big Tony. I've there heard, you go. I've heard them all, man. It's all great. You know, it's okay. So, <laughs> Big Tony over here. There we go uh, with West, West Coast Multimedia, and we're talking about some of the different adventures that Kevin Gross has had. Uh, we just left off. He was teasing a little bit about a um, a minor spiral horned thin sheep that he <laughs> happened to find up north. Uh, it's called a stone sheep, and he went up to the Yukon. For this one, yes, right, yes, had a blast. Um, well, a long, uh, quick story of it is I, I hunt in South Dakota a lot, and I did a lot of shows there with a, an outfitter there. Um, really good place to go, South Dakota trophy hunts, and and uh, one of their friends, white, white tails and pheasant, white tail and mule deer, they have both, and well, you can hunt breaks. both. Yeah, it's really, really a fun. There's a ton of deer there. If mm-hmm. you ever want to go on a nice hunt with your kid or your family or somebody need fresh. Uh, in hunting, you know, there's just a lot of animals to get to look at, and it's a it's a good hunt. But, uh, anyways, I was over there in, in the camp, and one of their friends had just bought a concession up in the Yukon. His name was Darwin Watson, and he invited me. He says, "Hey, I heard, I see you did some really nice shows for these guys, you know, and they're doing good. And and uh, would you like to come up and hunt an animal?" And I'm like, "Sure, you know, of course, <laughs> I like to hunt a little." 
and we were filming and stuff. So uh, I said, well, what, what, you know, what can I hunt? You know, and he goes, well, we got stone sheep, we got dull sheep, we got moose, we got caribou. And he said, and, okay. And I said, well, what do you want me to hunt? <laughs> to rep- four bullets. Yeah. <laughs> but I, you know, I was basically asking him like, what do you want to represent right, right. for your consistency? He goes, well, stone sheep probably be the best thing, you know, to to hunt and i go okay cool and be i said well it'd be really good if we have two hunters and he goes okay he says well i'll cut you a good deal and you bring another guy i'm like okay well this was an unbelievable deal so we went up there first day we scout around and second day we find this giant giant ram and uh, i missed him at 400 yards and he came right at me and shot him at 90 and ended up scoring 178 inches 44 inch curls and it was a world-class animal my first time i ever been there you know, it's a magnificent animal. Yeah, I mean, it was photograph just, is... just a phenomenal animal. And uh, just by chance, it was another ram that was not too far away that Fred Eichler was hunting at the time with a bow, and he didn't get it. But uh, So the next year, real quick, uh, I had the, the ram in the SEI show for him so he could display in his booth. And they had a picture in a, in a uh, spotting scope of this other ram that was huge, you know, 46-inch curl, I think, on one side. And then a guy walked in the booth and says, how much you want for that ram? And he goes, it's still alive. And he goes, oh, yeah, we can we can find him. And he goes, okay, where do, what, where do I sign? <laughs> guy writes him a check for a deposit. I actually ran into them the next season on my dull sheep hunt in Whitehorse. We ate lunch together, and that guy killed that ram three days later. Mm. So it was just in one of them years, you know. And, and, again, Tony and I, we put together all these shows, and we were so lucky. We were having the best success getting great footage we won best big game episode of the year twice which was the only thing to win when you're on a network you know like you want to win the best big episode you didn't get best country music award best new artist (laughs) no but it's you know basically the same so it was you know we're doing we were new in the industry we're battling to make money and you know we're we're doing these shows against all these people that have been doing it for years and to win two years in a row we won 2009 2010 and we were like that was our goal. I mean, who cared about uh, the money? A lot of these shows had big productions, too. A lot of people. It was just a couple of us. We're at Tony's house. Yeah. We started you know? in my, my office in my house editing these shows one a week and we're working around the clock trying to produce these shows. And, and uh, we got quite a following. People started really liking it and it kind of took off from there. Yeah. So and, this, you know, that's where all the magic came. You know, you can go out and film all you want. And you can talk all you want. And then you go oh, in there. Absolutely. Put the, you got to put, you got to squeeze in all this great stuff. In 22 minutes. Tell and, the story. And that's where exactly. Tony, you know, me and Tony would sit side by side and I'd kind of tell him the hunt, but then he does all the magic and, you know, graphics and... Is, it, is it true as long as the camera's rolling, you never miss? <laughs> <laughs> I missed a few. You know, I had a run where where I, I did not miss. Like, I mean, like four or five years where yeah, I made, on. made shots, made bow shots, made gun shots and all this and that. And then all of a sudden, a couple of years, I kind of missed a little bit here and there. How old were you? When that happened, which one missing? When you started missing. Gosh, well, I can't go back to 2010, so probably in my uh, late 40s. Or, yeah, yeah, your eyes changed. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You probably. I just had guys. laser surgery last year. So. There you go. Now I can see better. <laughs> well, if you're a pitcher, okay, your hand-eye coordination's off the charts, and your eyesight is off yeah. the charts. So that helps a lot with hunting. I mean, it's just it's. A few a few things. If people do it very, very well, you can tell they're going to be good in, in other areas. Right. And, um, you know, you hit that age where it, it betrayed you. Yeah. And uh, that front optic sight looks like a starburst as opposed to a... Uh, yeah, it starts to get a little fuzzy. You know, when I was shooting my bow, my peep sight started getting a little fuzzy and stuff. And my I've, long distance was fine, but I couldn't see up close. So yeah. when, I, when I looked through a scope or looked through my 
peep sight, it was starting getting fuzzy, and I'm like, dang, I can't have that. So I went and had it done, and it was a miracle. I, I, I can actually see closer better and further better. So I'm good. I actually have corrective lenses in my peep sight and on my bow. Really? So I, I can, if I don't have glasses on, I can shoot it perfectly. Yeah, you put the little... Uh, in the in the peep sight, the little yeah, you know, yeah. slider so it's insert. It's been a it's been a, a godsend. I had that, but I don't need it now. Well, now you can take it out. Yeah, but I, I that's been a godsend because you know archery hunting. Forget it. You, you if you're wearing progressive glasses during the day, you can't mm-hmm. you cannot shoot with a scope or anything with progressive glasses. To me, anyway. Yeah. Um, especially you get behind a rifle and you've got the different focus points and it makes your head move wrong and. You're going to add parallax. We don't need it, and it's it's a disaster. So, yeah. either adjust it to your naked eye, or just get a pair of glasses like my sunglasses. I have corrected for long vision. That's what I wear when I'm hunting, and that's what my scopes are all set for off for my eye relief and and focusing. So we, it's, it's we were important. doing the show though. Kevin was really an impressive marksman. I mean, just shots he would make would be like wow. You know, just <laughs> is he still paying you, Tony? Yeah, right okay. now. Yeah, before we walked in. So. <laughs> No, seriously, they're really, really impressive. Well, we practice a lot, and actually, my son's made the furthest shot I've ever seen on, on our one of our shows. Yeah. He shot a blacktail up in uh, up in Garberville with a guy named Jim Scoss, my Arrow Five Outfitters, and he shot a, a buck with him at nine hundred seventy-five yards. That's and, a poke, and mm-hmm. I've I've never even taken a shot that far. I've, well, especially on a blacktail because that's a hundred thirty-pound deer. So yeah, you know your your kill size the size of that Gatorade bottle on the table there. Yeah, I mean that's quite a. Uh, Quite an impressive shot to take. But, you know, like you were talking about the other guy with the guns and stuff. Nowadays, the guns are so accurate, and they're put together and designed for that. And, I mean, it's it's a fun hunt when you can shoot long. Yes, but you also mentioned, this is one of the things we always talk about, you practice. Absolutely. You can't, you know, I tell you what, you walk in by a Louisville slugger, it doesn't make you a professional baseball player. That's right. Right? You can't buy a Jimi Hendrix signed guitar and play guitar. Mm-hmm. And the same thing, you can't go buy a beautiful custom made rifle and a nice optics package. You're not a long range shooter yet. Right. You have to do the practice. Right. You know, how many pitches did you throw before you're over 90 miles an hour? Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and you know, and you still make mistakes, but, you know, the, the more consistent you are, the better you're going to be. And it's I've been out to the, the desert. I go out to the desert, <clears throat> excuse me, several times out here and set up platforms at 100 to 600 yards and shoot you yeah. know and shooting a four-inch group so yeah and that's you know you can head out there hodge roads place that we always <laughs> go and and make yourself some safe targets and get out there and stretch it out a bit uh, a couple of the ranges have some longer stuff but it's kind of hard to you have to go out of your way to practice long range it has to be a sure. consistent dedication um so we'll talk about see one more thing we want to talk about the type of equipment you like to use Okay. As we come back on that, um, how often do you shoot a gun, a rifle? Yeah, rifle, um, shotgun. You know, I shoot quite a bit. I mean, I go. I have a little place up by Ventura. I do a little pig hunting. I go up there and shoot a little bit, and can shoot some long range and practice a little bit. But um, I, I probably shoot every couple months now. I used to shoot a lot more, but uh, I do a lot more bow hunting now. So I shoot bow every day. I mean, I can shoot in my shop in my backyard, and I go down to. Um, over here off of Euclid, uh, Barranco. It's called Barranco. It's an archery range. So I go, I'm a member there and go over there and shoot every, you know. I couple. haven't seen that. It's in uh, in Upland area? Yeah, it's right at the end of Euclid before the 71. Big oh, way range. down there. Yeah, okay. That's the. Uh, it's Chino, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right in Chino uh, there. That's the orange. Or, or, or Ranco. Oranco, yeah. I don't I always, I always mispronounce Orange it. Archery, North Can, I don't know. But it's, it's right there. It's next to Prado, Olympic yes, Shooting Sports. Exactly. Right. Sponsor of the show. <laughs> I was just there yesterday, and I 
go out there and shoot and you can shoot to 100 yards there so that's awesome you know the other thing is um chad carlson from owner of product just got back got another massive stone sheet mm. so you guys ought to go chat about that yeah yeah he, he <laughs> just got it he's got beautiful pictures of it so magnificent have him, animal have him on the show i think next week talking about uh, about that particular hunt Folks, Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show. Check us out at FiringLineRadio.com or on Facebook at Firing Line Radio Show. We'll be right back after this. If you carry a concealed weapon and own a concealed carry permit, you need protection beyond the weapon. My name is Larry Vickers, and I am a retired veteran of U.S. Special Operations, and I now teach law enforcement, civilians, and members of our military in advanced firearm training. I train people to use their firearms in almost any situation, but I can't prepare them for what happens if they are forced to use a gun to save their lives. That's why I use CCW Safe. They offer membership plans for concealed carry permit holders, and if members are involved in a use of force incident, CCW Safe provides expert witnesses, investigators, and the best defense attorneys in the U.S. Yearly plans range from $99 for a single membership to $150 for a dual membership, and special plans are available for law enforcement and military. Members are required to have a valid concealed carry permit and must maintain their permit. Visit ccwsafe.com today. AM 590, the answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino and Vortex Optics. Vortex, the force of optics. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? Hello, folks. Welcome back to Firing Line Radio Show. And uh, you can check us out on our website, firinglineradio.com. You can get all the podcasts there. The podcasts are free this week. <laughs> They're free every week. Oh, shh, shh. <laughs> this is top. This is marketing. Oh, okay. If you sign up for the podcast, mm-hmm. I'll allow them to be free this week. It's special. <laughs> Check that out. Um, FiringLineRadio.com or on Facebook. You can always find us at Firing Line Radio Show. And if you are one of those people who hates Facebook because they do exist, right? People who haven't given in yet. Uh, if you go to FiringLineRadio.com and scroll down, you can see our Facebook feed without having to be on Facebook yourself. How's that top secret? But you won't be able to like or comment. You know, I can't solve everything. <laughs> Folks, that's Gabe's... That's Gabe. That's Gabe. That's Gabe S. <laughs> sitting over here on my right. Yes, sir. He, the Sports Corner AM 590, 630. 630 on Saturday. Saturday Quick night. little plug. Next week, I'm going to have uh, actor uh, Michael Rappaport, who uh, you may know him as... Uh, he was in the TV shows like Friends, Justified, uh, The War at Home. He also directed uh, uh, the uh, documentary When the Garden Was Eden. So, October 21st. Very good. Very Thanks, good. Sir. So we also have, joining us back here again, I have Kevin Gross and I have Tony B, big Tony B. That works. And we're going to talk a little bit about some of the favorite things because, you know, everybody runs into something. My my favorite hunting rifle is a Winchester Model 70 I bought on my 18th birthday, you know, just as soon as I could. And you still have it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. Still have with it. Uh, it's on its third barrel. So. Oh, my gosh. Um, and it's, you know, it's something personal. So there's no right, there's no wrong answer, but I want to bring it up to uh, to you here, Kevin. What was your favorite hunting rifle? What what sang to you? Okay. Um, uh, another long story, baseball story. I ran into some guys back in Philadelphia when I was playing there back in the early 80s, and a bunch of outdoorsmen, fishermen and stuff, and they owned a company. And I was looking for a rifle. I bought a Ruger 7mm 
for $260. Okay. This is like 1985 or seven or something around there. And I'm still shooting that gun to this day. I put the high dollar uh, loophole, six and a half by 20, so I can shoot long. I still shoot it. I never really had a gun sponsor my whole career when I was on the TV network. I did use a, 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 a couple rifles from Sisk Rifles. The guy was custom making rifles over in uh, Texas for a while. But uh, my go-to gun is that Ruger. I still shoot it to this day. I'll shoot it along with anybody. Now, Ruger's a nice gun. It's um, The interesting things about the Ruger, it's got the Mauser-style action when everybody else went to push feeds. Uh, Model 77, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's got the walnut stock. Uh, you probably mm-hmm. on a seven millimeter. You, I'm going to guess you replaced the recoil pad. Uh yes, I do. <laughs> yes, they came with a really thin, hard yes. red one. I have a big fat one, so it actually fit me better too. So yeah, well, you're a taller guy. Yeah, yeah, so a little longer. <laughs> seven, seven millimeter um, Ruger model seventy seven, and you said your Leopold you had six and a half to twenty. Mm-hmm. Yep, no. and I, I sent the scope in and had some stadia lines put in it. I don't have the dots. I just have the stadia lines. And I dial it in like 200 yards, two inches, and then it sets my other lines all the way out to 650. Very good. So, so for longer range shooting, you're using a holdover style as opposed to direct dial. Yes, I don't have any dials. Just I just go down to the next bar, it goes across, and put it across there right on the spot and shoot them. What was your favorite hunt? Well, my favorite hunting. And, and I, you've got you've done. <laughs> you've done Alaska, you've done Africa, you've done North America, you've done rifle, and you've done archery. Yeah. I, you know, archery is such a challenging sport, and, and it's a blast, and gun hunting is also fun. My favorite two animals to ever hunt are big mule deer and an elk. So I would say if I had to pick one, it would be an archery elk hunt during the rut with a bow. And um, our, our claim to fame when we started out was I went to Nevada, I drew a tag for Nevada, and... Uh, we went over there and we're hunting elk for my first time ever hunting in Nevada. And, and I ended up shooting a tremendous bull, a 364. And uh, it was a great story, great footage. We won best, best big game episode of the year with it. I shot a bull. We saw him at 800 yards with some cows and we started calling. And my outfitter dumped behind me and my cameraman dropped behind me. And they just ran straight up to us from like 800 yards away. The cows walked right by me at like 10 yards. Mm-hmm. And the bull came up. What was your heart doing? Oh, my gosh. I was, like, (laughs) shaking, you know. And, of course, I'm sitting there in perfect spot, perfect camel. The wind's perfect. And the bull walks right up in front of me at 25 yards, screams, you know, bugles, turns around, collecting the cows, and I put an arrow right through him. He takes off down the hills, down down the hill, and and then the other cows actually kept coming up because they didn't know what had happened. And they walked right by me and my cameraman. And all of a sudden, I heard the the running of this bull i think so i knock another arrow and the bull comes right at me and actually dies right at my feet trying to follow those cows back up the hill he died from me to you and i was just the footage is absolutely he like just phenomenal. breaks through a tree it's like the tree swaying back and forth and then you just hear and he comes through and just boom crashes right at right at my feet like yeah. 10 feet away and then and, and the footage was just phenomenal and we you know we submitted that for our uh, end of the year big game thing and we end up winning that so yeah, that was that one too. you know tony put the magic together again on the on the footage and well, that was that was one of our better shows and so where could somebody find that do you have a link on youtube a youtube channel no, I don't well know we used that. to have it on our website and we have videos that i have piled in my shop now but you know we're kind of we're kind of off the internet and we stopped uh filming on 2010 
just made a change, you know, and then it was it was it was kind of hard to fund that that thing unless you have a lot a lot of big sponsors. And there's so many big shows out there now, and it's kind of like you know who you know. So try to dig it up, and uh, just probably the Facebook page for West Coast Multimedia that might be the best spot. We can get on there or we'll put a link the, yeah. to it on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. we'll just put a, the YouTube link on that to so just go to West Coast Multimedia. Would you mind tagging me so I can make sure we get it out? Sure. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see that. Yeah. yeah, it'd be good. And I and I have the videos, you know, but I, I'm not selling them online or nothing. I do have plenty to sell, but we we started to do it a long time ago, and yeah. I did some stuff at Bass Pro, and we submitted a bunch, or uh, had a little booth there on the on the fall weekend stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. So we did all that, and we got a lot of the videos out then. We made quite a few, yeah. Very cool. So... What do you have planned for this year? I'm actually leaving in two days, uh, going to Greenland um, with my son, Chad, that's hunted with me for since he was a little boy. And we're going to go hunt musk ox and uh, caribou with everybody. So that's going to be a quite an adventure. Okay, so one of the things that, that inhibits archery uh, penetration is hair. Yeah. So a musk ox a musk ox I think if it didn't have the hair on it would weigh about 65 pounds but, but he's wearing like two rolls of shag carpet right right yeah they're so, a beast they're a beast talk about this how do you uh, how do you arrange I mean you go with a heavier arrow a longer swept broadhead definitely, definitely. Um, I've, I have not hunted uh, musk ox ever before but you know you study it and you do your homework and you listen to the outfitter and we are going to be shooting a uh, a lot bigger arrow yeah. Um, it's going to be a minimum of 525 grains total with the broadhead and the arrow. And it's so a typical compound bow right now, arrow weight is closer to 350. Right. So it's it's 60% more weight. Mm-hmm. And you need that for penetration purposes. Yeah, I, I do a lot of, uh, well, actually, I have to get a lot of credit to a guy down south, Bob Fromm. Uh, he has uh, performance archery down there. And I go down there, it's a 100 mile drive, but that's where I go. I've known him for 30 years. And we dialed in some cool arrows. I think I think we're shooting Vaps arrow right now, and they put a, a heavy you know tip on there. And I'm going to shoot a Exodus broadhead, 125 grain. Um, I might change the broadhead out on the on the muskox, but for sure on the caribou I'll be shooting the. Uh, I have two arrows, so the caribou I'll be shooting a lighter arrow, and right. I'll shoot the Exodus 125 grain broadhead. I threw, shoot a 30 inch arrow. Or a, I shoot a Matthews bow, shooting the chill right now, and love it. I got a, a single pin that I just, you know, dial in six yards, put it on the spot and shoot. You know, I, I like that system. A lot of guys, you know, will have five or six or ten or now because the bows are so flat shooting, the difference between your 20-yard pin and your 40-yard pin, it's like they're touching. Yeah. You know, so the single pin, I've done the same thing and, and I've even practiced, like I'll set it for 33 yards. Sure. And I know I'm three inches high at 20 and I'm three inches low at 45. Exactly. And so I've got my right zone i don't have to worry about if i'm in that zone just make make dot pull back and and hold over you know anything more if it's 60 yards and it says wow but if it's 60 yards i have to shoot quick if it's 60 yards you're not shooting quick yeah you got uh, time in archery you got time right you so should you should you're not going to do a snapshot and right uh, on a running bullet 60 yards with a bow yeah and you, you made you a shouldn't. good you made a really good point there on the archery stuff and and, and and all the guys out there that do archery hunt, they got to go to the range and set your pin on a hunting distance. Right, you know? not a range distance. Exactly. So, like, uh, and I'll give you a perfect example. Last year I went to Oregon. I'm hunting up there elk with my son. And we had a great little range to practice on. And then they had a big deer target in the, at 50 yards. I put my bow at 35 yards, okay? And I shot it at 20, and I shot it at 30, and I shot it at 40, and I shot it at 50. So I know exactly... 
what my bow is going to do. I don't even have to change the pin. Right. Now, if I wanted to shoot further, I have to change it. But set it at 35, and I killed my my bull at 37 yards. But I knew exactly where I was going to shoot the whole day. Folks, that's called the voice of experience. Thank you very much, my my guest here, Kevin Gross and Big Tony and Gabe. Guys, thank you for setting this up. I really enjoyed it. Love to have you on again. You bet. I'm I'm not far away. Anytime. That is true. Folks, Firing Line Radio Show, have a great uh, weekend, and we'll talk to you next week. When you have to shoot, shoot. Don't talk. The Firing Line Radio Show has been brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside, the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range, CCW Safe, Moppin Financial Advisors, Cutting Edge Bullets for when you care enough to send the very best, Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino, and Vortex Optics. Vortex, the force of optics. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.